All right. Welcome to the Living the Abundant Life broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith, and I'm so happy that you decided to uh, tune in today. And I hope that I and pray that I will say something that would help you live the abundant life. Well, um, as I was talking uh, to God and about what he would like for me to share with you all today, he just told me to basically to to kind of review what I talked about on Sunday and focus on more of the uh, how to um, focus more on 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 how uh, to get out of the situation. You know, we're talking about condemnation. So that's the plan for this evening. So once again, we're talking about staying on the plan, avoiding condemnation part two. Um, we talked about uh, condemnation once again, and, and the simple online dictionary talks about uh, one of the meanings was just a strong disapproval, a strong disapproval. And of course, when we think about condemnation, we think about uh, a condemned building. A building is deemed condemned uh, by the city uh, if it's no longer functional, if, if it no longer functions, okay? And the building is, is messed up is no longer fit for use. And we understand that when the city uh, deems a building unfit for use or condemns a building, I should say, we know that sometimes the city may come in and just, just knock the building down or sometimes it'll let it stand, you know? And so, uh, but it's once again, it's not fit for use. We understand that the enemy does us this uh, will try who I should say the enemy wants to do us that same way. He wants to render us useless or unfit for use. One of the ways he does that is through condemnation. Now, what exactly what is condemnation? He uses condemnation basically, it's it's where he uses, he gives you these thoughts, and you dwell on those thoughts, but you tear yourself down through these thoughts. And, and um, you know, it could be things that you've done in the past, uh, mistakes, failures, whatever you want to call them that you've done in the past. And the enemy will remind you, man, I, you know, this is, you know, I, this is bad that you did that, man. I, you know, and you say, man, that's bad that I did that. And, and, and you may say, I can't believe you did that. And, you, and you'll say, man, I just can't believe I did that. He's talking to you and you're repeating what he's saying. He's condemning you. He's condemning you. The end result is you will be useless. You'll be unfit to be used. Why? Because you yourself, you're not convinced that you are fit for anything. Why? Because you, you, what you'll end up doing is you'll promote whatever issue that you had in the past above what God says about you. That's a terrible state to be in. Well, anyway, once again, we just talked about it could be issues in your past, but it also can be issues that perhaps it wasn't your fault. But it doesn't matter. The enemy will try to convince you that anything is your fault if you allow him to. I gave three examples. One of the examples I gave, it was a well-known minister. Uh, he said that um, he belonged to this very uh, legalistic uh, denominational church. And he said that, you know, when you deal with that, everything is a sin. I mean, everything is a sin when you deal with a, a legalistic denomination like that. And he said, man, I would just go to a public restroom. And he said, man, I would see this profanity written on the wall. 
or something written on the walls or whatever. And he said, man, you know, of course I see that, but then I'll be reminded of that. And now and then I ask God to forgive me and I'm feeling bad because I have these thoughts and basically these thoughts are basically thoughts of what, what that sign said. And so he made a point that that bothered him for a while and the enemy would condemn him. But, but eventually came to the point where he figured out, wait a minute, I didn't write that on the wall. I can't help but my eyes see that. So he understood and recognized that this was from the enemy. This had very little to do with him. When you recognize the thoughts that come to you as thoughts from the enemy and not your own thoughts, you can better battle or you can better deal with it because you, when, they, when you recognize it's the enemy attacking you, once again, you can better deal with the situation because you can differentiate between those thoughts and thoughts that you dwell on, okay? And to be honest with you, a lot of the thoughts that run through our heads, they're from the enemy. Now, remember, uh, I love the example that Kenneth Hagin said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest. In other words, you can't stop thoughts from entering into your mind, but you, can, you, you don't have to dwell on those thoughts, okay? So let's continue on. So the next example I gave was uh, the, the, another well-known minister. He said, he gave an example, uh, the enemy, you know, you may be walking down the street or whatever, and uh, you, you walk across the bridge, the enemy may tell you, hey, go, go jump off that bridge. And you'll think, I'm not jumping off that bridge. Then the enemy will talk to your mind, he'll get a, a thought will come, you know, that's a suicidal thought. No, you're suicidal. You have suicidal tendencies. Now, don't laugh because that's exactly how the enemy works. Now, let's look at it. The enemy suggested you do something. Then he confirmed what he uh, what he what he uh, asked you to do. So he's playing you on both sides. He's telling you to do something. Then he's trying to accuse you of something of, of he's trying to accuse you, I should say, of having the thought, but the thought came from him. And what happens? If you're not careful, you begin to wrestle with that thing in your own strength. And if you're not careful, you go down that, that downward spiral into despair if you're not careful. You must use the word of God. You must use the word of God. Remember, the word of God says, the weapon of our wherefore is not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Cast it down every vain and wicked imagination that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Now, uh, now, so that's another example. Now, this third example that I'm giving uh, is unfortunate that sometimes condemnation comes right there from the church. Right there from the church. If you've been in church any length of time, you know what I'm saying is true. Well, Kenneth Copeland says that uh, early in his ministry, he was invited to, to, to preach in Jamaica. So he did a revival there. But in between one of those services, the pastor asked him to come pray for a sister. Well, Kenneth Copeland said that he thought that this was just a, you know, somebody need healing or something. But on the way there, the minister, the pastor, I should say, informed him that the, the, the sister that they're about to pray for is mad. And uh, and she was uh, demon possessed. And so long story short, Kenny Copeland prayed for the woman, cast the devil out of the woman. And uh, and so the woman was 
then in her right mind, but the, then the woman tells a story how she got in that state. She said that years ago, someone witnessed to her on the street and she gave her life to Christ right then and there. And she was so happy that she was saved and on her way to heaven. And so she decided to go to a local church. She attended the local church, but they told her that she wasn't saved because of the dress that she had, but whatever she had on. And understand, she, she made a point, she, she's poor. So she, she put her best on, but the church people said that, no, that's not good enough. You're going to hell because you didn't dress right. Well, can you imagine the, the conflicting thoughts in her mind? Can you imagine how the enemy was talking to her mind? Well, you know, you have to look, you just got saved, supposedly. These people have been, been in church for years. They know if you're saved or not. You should follow their advice. You're not really saved. Well, she's fighting this in her mind. Well, you all, eventually this woman had a nervous breakdown. And then, unfortunately, the enemies really began to creep, creep in in her situation, and, and it was just a sad situation. But thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. He sent help to that lady, and she was delivered. But I said all that to say that sometimes it can come from the church, condemnation. So be careful of that. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, shut up, we need to shut up because he knows what's best. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. This is a familiar passage of scripture. We're going to begin reading it at, at, at 13 and we'll do some skipping around. Ephesians chapter six, beginning at verse 13. It reads, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done all to stand now let's look at the scripture it says you have to be able to stand in the evil day resist the enemy and stand in the evil day now let's unpack this verse what is the evil day well naturally evil day is when the enemy brings these condemnations these condemning thoughts, I should say, to your mind. But let's back up a bit. And we went over this Sunday. Remember uh, Peter? The word of God says that Jesus revealed to Peter that he was going to deny him, deny him three times. Okay. And so uh, Peter, I'm sorry, Jesus also told Peter that the enemy desired to sift him as wheat. In other words, the enemy wanted to take Peter out. Now, let's look at this for a moment. The enemy is very strategic in his attacks. Remember, that day, Peter was going to deny Jesus. Jesus is on his way out. He's on his way to the cross. His earthly ministry is about to conclude. All right. Peter's earthly ministry is about to begin. We know that that Jesus went, you know, he 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 went on the cross and he rose in, again on the third day, and we know that fifty days later, after afterwards, we know that he rose again and went to heaven. Well, un, we all understand that. I'm sorry, fifty. I said say, I believe it's forty days. Uh, it's forty days. I'm sorry, but we understand the day of Pentecost when the when the Holy Spirit came and fell down, and all of a sudden. 
Peter's ministry was birthed. He became kind of the leader of the church. He was definitely the spokesman person for the disciples, if you will, and for the church. Now, isn't it interesting the enemy tried to take Peter out right before, right before his ministry was launched? We see the same thing holds true for Jesus. Remember, when did the temptation happen? Right before his ministry was launched. The enemy oftentimes will try to attack you right before the calling, right before I should say you fulfill the calling of God on your life. Now, we understand that this is not the only time that he'll attack you, but he'll attack you in the beginning. Of course, like Jesus, he, he attacked Jesus throughout his ministry. But we have to watch this right before you're launched. That's oftentimes when the enemy is trying to attack. You know, why is he trying to attack you during that time? If he can get you in your baby stages, he don't have to worry about the rest. It's easier to attack a baby than a full grown man. All right. So uh, and that's true in the animal kingdom as well. Doesn't matter. It's easier to attack them before they get big. All right. So he's strategic. The evil day. Peter had to see uh, or the word God says you have to stand in the evil day. OK, and resist the enemy. Now, let's talk about this for a moment. Resisting the enemy. What does that mean? You have to actively resist the enemy. If you're not resisting the enemy with the word of God, guess what you're doing? You're laying down. Basically, you're letting him get the best of you. There's no middle ground with this. Either you are resisting the enemy and he's fleeing from you or or he will flee from you, I should say, or he's backing you down. It's either or. We have to resist him. And we're going to talk more about that with the word of God. We must resist him. All right. Now, let's continue on. Let's go to verse 16. Let's jump down to verse 16. And it says, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. What are fiery arrows? Or in your version of the Bible, it may say fiery darts. Those represents the thoughts the enemy bombards your mind with. Those fiery darts that seems as if like in some of those darts, like it, it, it stays there. But you have to you have to keep that faith up, taking the shield of faith. Now, let me say this, say this to you. When the enemy is attacking you. Um, if you listen to that and you're not resisting, if you're listening to those thoughts and you're taking in those thoughts and you're not resisting once again. Your faith is being drained. He will drain your faith. When he whispering those things in your ear, your faith is draining. You're believing more of the words of the enemy than God's word. How do we know that? Because you're building a stronghold in your mind. You're beginning to believe what the enemy says. I must, you must, we must resist the enemy. Also, we need to make sure we have a clear dose or a healthy dose of the word of God. Why? Because the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So guess what? If you're just thinking about this and you're not meditating on the word of God, if you're not reading the word of God, let me say this. You have to do more than just read the word of God. You have to meditate on the word of God. 
What is the word saying? And meditate on it. Meditate on that word. What do you mean? I gave the example. Uh, I'm the righteousness of, of, of I'm the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I'm the righteousness of God. So when you get a revelation, of, I'm the righteousness of God. It takes care of condemnation. Because guess what? It doesn't matter what you've done. You're the righteousness. You're the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Okay. You're righteous, not because of your behavior. Not because of your mistakes. Not because you are so holy and you're so great. You're righteous because of what Jesus did for you. When God looks at you, he sees the blood. He's, you're in right standing with God. Now, remember, this is a gift. You didn't do anything to earn this. Once again, you weren't just so holy. It wasn't because you fasted and you prayed and you did all of these external things, which are good, but it's not because of your work, not because of your self-effort. It's because of his grace. It's a gift that you are righteous. You need to repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. And furthermore, I would say, and I think righteous thoughts. I'm the righteous of God through Jesus Christ. I think righteous thoughts. I would meditate on that word. I would say that over and over and over again. Now, understand when you're talking about resisting the enemy, especially if it's the first time you really taking a stand against this thing, you may have to resist him for an hour saying the same thing over and over again. And then you, you know, then he may leave you alone for 20 minutes. Then he'll come back again. You have to resist him again. It doesn't matter how long you have to do it. You resist him till he stops. Because the more that you do it, the, the you'll see the weaker that the enemy gets. All right? Resist him. How do I resist him? By speaking words of God, what God's word says about me. What God's word says I can have. Who God says I am. I speak those words only. When I speak those words, I'm not thinking, I'm not speaking the words of the enemy. Oh, I can't believe I did that. This is all my fault. I'm never going to. No, no. Because you're the righteous of God. You're the righteousness of God. Okay. All right. Let's look at um, the shield of faith. So once again, the shield of faith, we bring that shield of faith up. It quenches all those fiery darts. When your faith is strong, when the enemy attacks, it'll just roll off. You'll say something to it. Remember, you have to you have to fight thoughts with words. You don't fight a thought with a thought. You have to speak out of your mouth what God's word says about you. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. That's how you stop those thoughts. And it doesn't matter. Once again, you may fight. You say the same thing over and over again for a straight hour. But guess what? He'll leave you on for maybe 20 minutes. The anyone may not be for an hour, maybe 45 minutes. All right. But it's going to lessen. But if you stand strong every time, guess what? You're going to defeat that thing. And I believe by faith, you will defeat it. You will take the shield of faith and quench every fire dart from the wicked one, of the wicked one. All right. Now, let's move on. Let's look at verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Remember, we talked about this last time we met. Jesus said, my words, they're spirit and they're life. 
My words, they are spirit and they are life. Have you ever been in a situation where you may have been upset, you may be sad, but you heard the word of God, maybe through song or, or someone said something, and it just, it, 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 it just re-energized you. You were strong because you heard a word. The word of God says he's a lifter of a bowed down head. The Lord knows what word to give you that will strengthen your spirit man, that will strengthen your inner man, your spirit man. He knows. That's why it's so important to have a daily habit of reading the word of God and meditating on that word. If it's nothing but two or three scriptures, meditate on that word daily. You need something to combat the enemy. The sword of the spirit, once again, is the word of God. So when the enemy is attacking you, speak that word. Speak the word. Speak the word. You'll cut him up and he will flee. All right. So once again, we're talking about staying on the path, avoiding condemnation. You all, God has great plans for you. He wants you to not to live in condemnation. When you live in condemnation, you really can't hear God well. And if you stay in that state, too long, you'll be, you'll be just like the condemned building. You will not be fit for use. Or the woman that was demonically possessed, she was not fit for use. She was not fit for use. She was powerless. The enemy had her way. She was like a condemned building. Her body was there, but she wasn't all there because of the, the, dynamic, the, I'm sorry, the demonic stronghold. She was not fit for use. But once again, thank God for his grace and mercy and sending a man of God to pray for her that believed, that believed, all right? So once again, avoiding condemnation, staying on the plan, part two. Give God a hand clap of praise.